Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. In the 1960s, these Midwesterners earned five NFL championship trophies. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Dennis, go Try again, title I guess. for 600. They swept over the NBA, winning the title every year from 1959 to 1966. Eric? We're the Boston Celtics. Oh, you know that one, huh? Oh, well done. That was the moment that show executive producer Mike Richards obviously was referring to earlier this week with Peter King. Football morning in America, the idea that there was a Packers-related moment that left Aaron Rodgers exasperated. And, and he was. And what was odd about it, they did know the answers to most of the other sports-related questions. I, yeah, it was about teams right. that won titles. They knew the Yankees and Celtics. How do you not know? How... how and see, from our perspective, it's it's immediate. It's ingrained in our DNA that the Packers were the dominant team of the 1960s. How does the average person who knows the Yankees were once the dominant team in baseball, the Celtics were once the dominant team in basketball, how do they not know that the Packers were the dominant team of the 60s in the NFL, Chris? I, honestly, like, uh, I, I mean, it was shocking. I was watching, too. Um, I mean, of course we know. I, I, I mean, listen. I, maybe I'm working with you too long. You tell me. But, like, there was a part of me that thought, was that, like, a setup? Did they do that to, like, have a viral moment and, like, deliberately do that? Because I, I almost found it shocking. They knew all the other answers to everything else, like you're talking about. Edmonton Oilers, whatever else it is. Football is the number one sport in our country. And the guy hosting works for the Packers. I don't know. I don't, there's a part of me that didn't want to buy that last night. That that might have been fake. I don't know. Here's the next question. Here's the next question. How fake was it? If it was fake, let's go down the rabbit hole that I dug in your brain and that you're now yeah. you're now exploring. 
I could see it being accurate, but it wouldn't be. Dad, listen, Chris is the one that lit this fuse. Take that down. It all goes back Stop to you. Smoking cigarettes. You see the red line and the red line. We, we, it connects back we, to you. We need okay, conspiracy, Chris. <laughs> but but here, here's how here's how it would work if they would do it. You tell the contestants there's going to be a question that's obviously the Green Bay Packers don't buzz in. Right. Just play along with us. Don't buzz in. Right. But they don't tell Aaron. Because I don't think Aaron was acting. I think that was his genuine organic reaction. So if it was a setup, it was something that someone whispered to each of the contestants, we're going to have a little fun here. Yeah, yeah. Just bear with us on right. this one. Don't buzz in. And then it just kind of flows naturally from there. I, I would sign on to that more than I would sign on to everyone knowing yeah, I that agree. it was a setup. I because agree. I think Aaron's reaction, I, I saw him act on The Office. I mean, frankly, great host on Jeopardy horrible actor based upon his cameo on the how office dare you? from several how years dare ago. How dare you speak about go watch quarterback it. ever Go like watch that. it. Go go watch <laughs> it. It was horrendous Don't and he you knows do it. That. So I, I think that if it was a setup, the contestants and maybe Mike Richards, the executive producer, are the only ones who knew. So I like that. I like the way you're thinking. It only took Four years. Yeah. Come, it's, I don't know what's wrong with me. I know. Now I, I don't us. even feel good about One myself now that I had those. One of us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this isn't the dark side, Pete. This is the light side. This is the side of truth. This is the side of reality. This is the side of peeling back the curtain and letting people really know how Sometimes. things are. I'm right, not sure about that all are. the time, but okay, all fine. The <laughs> all the time. Let the hate flow within you. All right. Uh, I'm kidding about that part. It's Wednesday. I'm not kidding about that. It's April 14th. Did you know today is Justin Fields' second pro day? You know, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't checked Twitter this morning and saw a five-word tweet that today is Justin Fields' second pro day. I really do appreciate that because those of us who follow the sport actively wouldn't have otherwise known. But it is today in Columbus. Star-studded cast of teams there. People either seriously interested in Fields or seriously interested in setting up a smokescreen. Or, or also... Also, possibly, you know, because the Falcons are going to be there. And I've said this time and again. Right. Haven't said it yet this year. If you're thinking about trading that pick, you got to do the full workup on the player so you know what the player's worth in trade. So you can converse intelligently with the team that wants to come get him. And, and I think that's part of it, too. Even sure. if you don't want the guy, you got to know enough about the guy to maximize the value you get for that pick. Because they're not coming up to get the fourth pick or the fifth pick. Coming Although the Bengals player. probably won't. The Bengals probably won't send someone on the 90-minute drive because uh, they're probably not going to trade out of their spot. But for the Falcons, yeah, we got to know what that player's worth. So I expect a lot of people to be at this thing today. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons are sitting in that prime spot at number four. You know, I, I think if, you know, again, if you're any team that's even thinking quarterback in the top 15 right now, I think you got to be there and in that conference, top 20, whatever. First round, you, you, you need to be there for that. You just don't know how this is going to shake out at the quarterback position yet. You know, again, yeah, I think it's Mac Jones with the 49ers, but I don't think it's written in stone. You know, it seems like Atlanta is still not sure what they're going to do, right? And, you know, added to that, you know, with, with guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, you know, there, there's some rawness to their game. This workout's important. They, we we got to see, you know, can they – did they fix some of the things we didn't like in the first workout? You know, okay, here's another workout. Can they just, like, cut it loose to another degree and show that they're able to do some of the, you know, finer things as far as from within the pocket, 
you know, that people question Justin Fields about a little bit, you know, the elongated throwing motion and all the space he needs and all of those type of things. So I think it's interesting in that we got teams that need quarterbacks, and I think it's a group of quarterbacks that people like. They like their high talent, but, you know, there's some questions, especially when it comes to Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields about how people totally feel about those three guys especially. There is a line, though, for a team like the 49ers between being decisive and having a plan and doing your due diligence once you've moved from 12 to 3. And remember, whoever they pick in that spot, they will have given up three first-round picks and a third-round pick. So it's one thing to do your due diligence. It's another thing to create the impression that you really don't know what you're going to do. We'll figure it out later. We're making this big move. Not for a player, but for the spot. Yeah, right. And we'll figure out which of the three quarterbacks who are left over that we want. I don't, and I understand there's value in building the mystery because we're talking about the 49ers are getting a lot of free publicity. If you don't think that's part of the business, you aren't paying attention to the business. But you don't want to come off as wishy washy, or you don't want to come off as a team that just that just had an impulse buy. Right, right. And. And decide, yeah, hey, we're gonna buy an expensive car. We're gonna we're gonna pay for the car. Well, which car are you gonna get? Well, that's a good question. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, you, you don't want that to be the impression. Uh, agreed, agreed. There, I think I think there is some ne- negative aspects to to doing that. Um, and you know, again, I don't think this move was made by like you know just uh, uh, emotions or hey, I want this spot and we'll figure it out as we go along. No, I would think that Shanahan Lynch, the 49ers, have their eye on one particular guy, you know, and that that is their guy, but they're going to do everything they need to do here to check all the boxes and make sure they feel 100% confident in that and that their, you know, total thoughts are moving up to the number three spot have been justified by all the things they've seen and done and meeting with the guys and all that. I think that's more of what it is. I would think they have a pretty good clue of who they're going to take, but they're just doing their homework and making sure, you know, all the uh, T's are crossed and dotted I's and all that crap. And let me say one last thing before we move on, because I think Pete would prefer that we actually get to the things we're supposed to be talking Uh, about. That's a good talk. As the draft approaches, remember this one point, and this is the kind of thing that will anger others in the business, but my obligation is to you, not you, Chris, but you, the audience, be extra discerning of reports from reporters who work for networks that will televise the draft that would be aimed at creating more uncertainty and greater mystery because they have an incentive to maximize audience. So... If someone from NFL Network knows that it's Mac Jones at number three, or if someone from ESPN knows it's Mac Jones at number three, or that it's not Mac Jones at number three, they're not going to tell you in no uncertain terms because we are now in that bubble. We're now in that zone where thou shalt say nothing that would tend to diminish or dilute in any way the audience that we are trying to gather when the draft begins. That's the truth, folks. We can either dabble in the truth or we can participate in the charade. The truth is you're going to be getting some BS over the next couple of weeks, and you've already been getting some of it because they want to maximize the eyeballs, and there's a point where the truth has to take a back seat to that. We know that. We know that directly on draft night because nobody's allowed to, to tip the picks, and everybody knows who wants to know the picks because they get a backlog of five of them as they're trying to produce this TV show. But beyond what happens on draft night, we're in the zone now. We're 15 days away. Just, just be advised that you may be getting played in order to have more interest when draft night rolls around. I mean, yeah. 
a lot of us are going to watch it anyway. But to the extent there's somebody who's on the fence who really doesn't know what the first four picks are going to be, they're going to tune in. Yeah, uh, agreed, Mike. I mean, you know, this is it's propaganda time. You got to be careful about who you listen to, what you listen to, what it's about. You know, yeah, there's people that got needs and they're trying to push their narratives to, of course, push money into their pocket. And uh, that's the way this business goes. So you do. You got to be careful about what you hear and who you take information from at this time of the year. We will have a draft later in the program of the best landing spots for these rookie quarterbacks from the perspective of where you would want to go if you were being involuntarily conscripted to play for an NFL team for the next four or five years and not given your choice. What if it was your choice? What hat would you be putting on on National Letter of Intent signing day? All right. Uh, Interesting skirmish still unfolding between the NFL and the NFL Players Association as it relates to the issue of participation in voluntary offseason workouts. And the ultra-superficial view on this that I've seen so many people who don't follow this closely articulate is, well, why does any of it matter? It's voluntary. Well, it matters because everybody always shows up. Because that's just the way it is. I remember a time 20 years ago where some teams would have 50% participation. They all have 100% or pretty damn close to it now. Right. This is part of the effort to get yourself ready for the season. If you take it seriously, you're there. Guys aren't sitting at home eating pork rinds and watching bowling on TV. They're working out. And it makes sense for a variety of different reasons to work out at the team facility. This year, ostensibly because of lingering concerns regarding the pandemic, the NFLPA has recommended to its teams that players not show up. And so far, three teams out of 32 have issued statements that they're not going to be there. Seahawks, Broncos, and the one that surprised me the most for reasons we'll discuss, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, we've touched on this issue from time to time. Right. I'm going to give you my blanket take. Yeah. And then I'll throw it to yeah, you. Yeah, cool. I don't think this has anything to do with the pandemic. I just don't. And I support the NFLPA as much as anyone, and I yeah. think that there's an unequal bargaining power, and I understand why they have a hard time getting the best possible deal because they won't miss game checks, and the owners will gladly shut it down, and that inequality makes it harder and harder for the union to get the best deal, and they're always operating with one arm behind their back, and they actually do pretty damn well considering that limitation. Yeah. But in this case, in this instance, I think this is about protecting the jobs of the veterans who run the union. They don't want the young, cheap guys to show up this year of all years with a $25 million reduction where the cap would have been and prove themselves and potentially take their jobs. I think that's what this is about. Ooh, well, I mean, I don't think that's a crazy thought. I don't. I think that's probably part of the equation. Definitely. I mean, all right, here, here's the first part that I think like we got to hit on here with this, you know, from the player's perspective, because I think there is fault here with both sides, and, and you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit. But the first thing, like, I'd ask you, Mike, just with this conversation, like, where, well, what's the NFL, like, you know, the one thing you hear and you see a few quotes from a few different players, like, what's the NFL's plan? You know, what, 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 what were they going to do to keep these guys safe continually through OTAs and everything like that? Were they going to continue to test these guys on a daily basis and do all that stuff? I think that's the first thing. Like, I don't know if I ever heard anything like that to where we got guys that opted out last year because of COVID. 
So wait, let me come back even now. Oh, wait, COVID's still really relevant in our society, and the numbers are probably higher now than they were like this time of the year last year. And they are. Right. I agree. Okay, I so agree. like, so hey, wait, I tried to avoid it last year, but let me come back into the lion's den and just say the hell with it this year and go for it. There, there has to be a better plan, I think, set forth, at least from my perspective here, from the to the NFL to the players too here. Well, the the, the reason that I have a tr- uh, an issue with that, yeah, I, I, my issue is that if this really is about COVID, right. and guys are really concerned about it, and you right. talked last year on multiple occasions about the fact that players, yeah, for I know, the most part don't care, True. and only seventy out of two thousand opted out. But if if you got a concern about COVID right now. There's there's a thing you can do uh, to address your concern. Yeah, get vaccinated. Far more immediate, right? Far more immediate than worrying about the quality of the protections at the team facility. Get yourself vaccinated, and I think that's part of this. Now, look, one of the things that the NFL showed that it was able to do during the season last year was was put safeguards in place, even if guys get the virus away from work, they were able. Except for Tennessee early in the season, Baltimore middle of the season, Browns end of the season, where they all had outbreaks for one reason or another. They were able to keep it under control. And I continue to believe that NFL facilities are going to be safer than going to the local Planet Fitness. Nothing against the local Planet Fitness, but at least there are specific stringent safeguards that we know that the NFL can put in place. So, I mean, the bottom line is the players association wants all players to choose not to show up for the voluntary portion of the offseason program. And they've been pushing and building in that direction for weeks now. Yesterday came the memo to the players recommending they don't show up. And then the drip, drip, drip of the three teams issuing the statement that they're not going to be there. I'll believe it when I see it, frankly. But Broncos, then Seahawks, then Buccaneers. That's where we are. Whether there are 29 other teams that will be issuing similar statements, that remains to be seen, Chris. I, I don't know whether this is to command multiple news cycles or they're just actively trying to recruit more teams to sign on, and they hope that as more teams say they will, they can use that to convince more teams to follow suit. I think ultimately there will be multiple teams that don't issue that statement, and I think that there will be multiple players on the teams that did issue the statement who will still show up. Yeah, I, I mean, agreed. I, I, I mean, there, there's you know a lot of problems here. As far as what this does for for teams, players, everything like that, you know, where, where again, you know, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of areas I disagree with with the NFLPA on this one. I mean, a lot, you know. Again, you know, I hear, hey, the the play last year was as good as ever. No, it wasn't. It was not. You know, ask defensive coaches around the NFL. They'll tell you they were behind the eight ball all year long. They felt like they never really got to, you know, implement really the intricate defenses that they wanted to because they were always playing catch up and getting into basics still when it was September and October and and issues like that let alone Mike I mean come on we we literally laughed at times about how many people were going down and injured early on I I hate to keep bringing that point out but that was a real point you know late August early September guys were dropping like flies that wasn't good for the league that's not good for the players and then you know this aspect of like, yeah, this is where I can't really get my head around it. And this is where maybe you're right about this veteran player thing. But yeah, they totally, completely 
have the advantage in a situation like this over really any player that's four years or younger. And yeah, they've been the, the guy, the NFL player who's played for four, five years or more, they're nuanced. They got a lot of their techniques down. You know, they've run every play in football. They understand all the different defenses or offenses they got to play. You know, they don't need it as much. But, like, the nuances a young guy learns being in the room with a coach and having him speak directly to you and being on the field with him and having him show you little techniques and then also being out there with other teammates to add the competitive desire and juices to make you, you know, even be more alert and pay attention. There's nothing that can substitute for that. You can have all the damn Zoom classes you want and all that, blah, 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 blah. You know, no coach in the NFL is going to tell you that's as effective as players being there in person, let alone what it does, I think, physically to these players, too, you know, as far as not preparing them to the season. So I got a lot of issues with this, and I don't really understand the hard line from the NFL PA here. And, like, it just seems like there's no discussion about maybe trying to make this work. I tried to find out what it is that the NFLPA is looking for, and basically the message was it depends which member of veteran leadership you ask. Some truly are concerned about the pandemic. Okay. Some are salty about the fact that the NFL has unequal bargaining power and they're still upset about the CBA that was done last year, and they want to push back on this idea that the owners get everything that they want. And some, like Union President J.C. Treader, doesn't want an offseason program in any year. So this year, oh, it's the residual impact of the pandemic. Next year, it's something else. And I think that what they're hoping to do is if you string together enough years without a voluntary offseason program, you eventually just accept that that's the way it is, that that's what football is now. And I don't know that we're going to get to that point because it's baked into the CBA. It's been part of the NFL for decades now. And guys are going to work out anyway. That's an important point. Yeah. Unless your intent is to do nothing from January to July, you need a place to work out. And there's no better place to work out than the facility that you go to. And if you drop a weight on your foot and you're out for the year, or if you tear an Achilles tendon like Michael Crabtree did, just kind of, you know, D doing walkthrough plays. Remember that several years yeah. ago? You always have to brace yourself for these on-field OTAs because somebody's going to get some serious injury that knocks them out for the year. If it happens, you get your full salary. You're protected. You do it on your own somewhere. The team can say, oh, non-football injury. See you later. So it, it makes sense to do it. I can understand why the players don't want to do it, the veteran players especially, because it does give younger, cheaper players a chance to to take their jobs. And And just because we've gone through that crush, folks, of teams getting under the salary cap, they're still always looking, especially in a year like this, for more cap space that they can create. So if you have the full offseason program and that young guy who signs after the draft for a minimum salary, if that guy shows that he can be trusted come week one and you've got a guy making six or seven million who's the starter at the right guard position – but they really believe in this guy yeah. who came in for the offseason program, who showed what he can do, who showed how he develops in the preseason, who's ready to go, and we can save $6.5 million? That's right. Are you kidding me? They, they, they don't care about the human. They care about 
the football player and they'll pull one out and they'll put another one in, especially if they think they can save over $6 million in cash and cap space. That's the way the business works. So if you shut off the opportunity for the young guy to prove himself, uh, the a, veteran is protected. It's a va- totally valid point because you're right. When In that situation that you're explaining right there, okay, we have no OTAs, no mini camp, all that. All right, great. We show up for training camp. And yeah, there might be that young player that you're talking about that's got potential and all that, you know, fighting it out with a veteran player for a certain position. And yeah, there might not be enough time in training camp to prove that he can be trusted or be that guy. You know, OTAs and and those mini camps, they do have value into that. You know, they jumpstart kind of the thought for training camp. Oh, wait. I mean, hey, we had 12, we had 15 practices. We saw this guy at safety already. You know, yeah, he's a rookie, but man, we think we can start first day of training camp. We're going to throw them out there to be a starter instead of like, okay, the opposite of that is, hey, we didn't practice at all. I don't know what this guy's about. Hey, let's just throw our veteran in. And he's not, we don't love him, but we trust him. He knows what he's going to do. And, you know, here we are two, three weeks in the training camp and that young player still trying to figure out his way and doing that and never gets that opportunity to really impress or prove to the coach he is that guy. So there is you know, definite reality to what you're talking about. And that just totally favors the veteran players. It does. And that's where, you know, I, I, it's wrong. I mean, Mike, here, here's something like, you know, one, the first thing I want to say is, is there any part of you that thinks maybe the NFL is like cool with this not happening this year? The roster bonuses and all that, even though if you're on Zoom and anything like that, can you still obtain them that way? I guess that's the first thing I wanted to ask. You know, Last year, when there was no voluntary on-field off-season program, everyone who was due to make the workout bonus based upon 90% typical right. participation in the program got it. This year, if they have it, you got to show you up gotta show to up. get it. And, okay, I just want to make the, sure that. The union, yeah. the union isn't pushing aggressively the guys with the workout bonuses to not show up. For example, I was told last night, teams like the Bills and the Packers, they're not getting the big squeeze because they have so many guys with workout bonuses. Now, Now, look. It creates competitive realities for the teams that do show up. And if you're the Packers and you're showing up, the other three teams in your division may more may be more likely to show up too. It, it has a it has a domino effect. But yeah, guys have money that is tied to showing up. Aaron Rodgers has five hundred thousand dollars. Right now, he's making thirty three and a half million, but that half million is for showing up for the off-season workout program. Sure. And it's still a half million. I don't care how much money you have. Exactly Half right. million is still a half million. Right. You think he's going to stand down and let Jordan Love get first-team well, reps yeah. throughout the off-season and give up the 500000 and also go along with a union that he's still pissed off at, right. sorry, London, from last year when they did the CBA and he was the Packers player rep and he eventually said, I'm out. I'm done. I don't like what you guys are doing. You think he's going along with them now? Hell no. No, no absolutely not. And I mean, and most importantly, I mean, the $500,000, like you said, that, that that's real. I don't care how much money you have. And then, you know, the Jordan Love aspect is real, too. Like for anybody that's in that particular situation, you know, added to it. Like, what? what? Like, I, I don't know. Like, what? if I'm a quarterback in today's NFL, I'm like, sorry, NFL PA. I'm going in to go visit with Coach Gruden. And I'll be there tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Because guess what? I want to be the best player I can possibly be. And that, to help that happen, is to be with my coach so he can coach me in person. You know, 
There's something to that. He can put me through drill work and stay on me and really see, see me in person with his eyes and tweak me and all of those type of things. That's getting lost. And that's where, you know, I wonder how this is going to work. I do. You know, I mean, listen, we hear Seattle like, like Russell Wilson. You're not going to show up to the facility. Well, I mean, maybe that's a bad example of a guy oh, this year. Yeah. But yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> that type of guy where Drew Locke, like there, you know, the Broncos, like what? You're not going to show up and get coached by some of these guys in a huge year of your career and then try to get in like, hey, wide receivers, why don't you come too? You know, that's where I just don't even know how the players, some of them can get behind that if you want to be great. A couple years ago, in the aftermath of the Colin Kaepernick situation and the national anthem kneeling, there was a realization that the players have a lot more power than they are willing to to use. And one of the points I made was if you want to show your collective power, you do get together and you say off-season program, we're not going to be there. The problem is pulling it off. And the way to pull it off is to get all the quarterbacks to sign on because good luck having football practice if you have no quarterbacks there. But you're not going to pull that off. The veteran wants to be there. The young guy who's trying to develop wants to be there. And we haven't talked about this angle yet. This applies to the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the Buccaneers. Whoever is speaking now, whoever is supplying their voice to this desire to stay away, they're not speaking for all the draft picks and all the undrafted free agents who will be joining the team in the next two or three weeks. Right. Those guys don't even know what team they're going to be assigned to. And I guarantee you this. I talked to people about it last night. I haven't written this yet specifically. You know what's going to happen when it's time to sign the undrafted free agents. The teams are going to say, we want a commitment from you before we offer you this contract that you're showing up yeah. to the offseason program. Right. Are you going to be here? Right. Are you going to be here? You know, it's hard to make this team. You want a chance to make this team. You got to be here. Are you going to be here? If not, we're going to sign this other guy instead. You're going to have commitments extracted, unofficial, verbal, non-enforceable, but enforceable commitments that these guys are going to show up. Then where are the veteran players if they're home? But the young guys are there. That, that might be the only Currying favor them. with the coaching right, staff. Right. That's how it all collapses. See, the league, I, I'm told the league thinks this is one of the best developments that has happened in years as it relates to labor relations because it's going to reinforce the point from 1987 that we talked about not that long ago when your dad was part of the group that went on strike right. and the strike didn't hold together. This is going to be a reminder that work stoppages don't work yeah. from the player's perspective. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 yes, I, I think there's reality to that. Mike, I mean, all right, so, so at a base level here, we still – the NFL, are you, are you happy with their plan, though? Like, do you think they need to have more of a plan for the players to come back and feel safe? Because I think even with all the stuff we're talking about in the NFLPA – I do think there has to be something more done there, right, to make the players feel good. I mean, am I wrong? Am I missing something? Well, I, I look, I don't know anything about the specifics other than go get the vaccine. Yeah. But beyond that, if they just do what they did last year, I just assume they're going to do what they did last See, year. I haven't heard that. On the way in. I haven't heard Test all guys. that. That's why, sure. why, but why, why would you not? I, I'd be, I, I, I think at a minimum, the NFL's got to test these guys every day, just like they, they did I would last think so year too. during the football season. Right. Right. And, and I, I, I do think this deeper back and forth about getting vaccinated is part of it, too. They're not going to mandate it, but they're looking for ways to encourage the players to choose to do it on their own. And if they don't do it now, they're going to they're going to be put in a box when training camp and the regular season roll around because it's going to be like the NBA, where if you get it, 
you have lesser restrictions. If enough guys on your team get it, you have lesser restrictions collectively. So there's going to be peer pressure to get it. Right. And I think for the same reason that we talked last year over and over again how these guys really don't care about COVID. They think they're impervious to it. They think it won't make them sick. I I really do think that you're going to stick a needle in my arm. Look at all the other stuff you stick in me. Look at all these drugs I take. You want to give me a vaccine? Give me the vaccine. If it allows me to have a normal life during football season, if it allows me to not have to tiptoe on eggshells around the facility every day I'm at work and I can just focus on my work, then just give me the damn vaccine. Yeah. I, I think that's the core of this. They want They want guys to choose to get vaccinated, but I still think the pushback, I really don't think it's about collective COVID concern. I think it's about, remember, the guys who run the union, are typically veteran players. I think it's about protecting those jobs in a year where the salary cap's $25 million lower than it was supposed Gosh, to be. Gosh, well, if it is, it's just it's so selfish and so small-minded and ridiculous that those veteran players are steering that ship in, in this direction. You know, because that once, you know, of course, they were young players and needed those reps and that help and all that stuff. And you're doing, you know, at a, at, again, at a base level, you're doing an injustice to the whole football league. There's no doubt about that. I'm so sick of, like, I don't want to hear any more comments. But they think we don't need it. But I know. They think we don't need That's it. If you I, genuinely convince yourself we don't need it, then I you're not doing it justice it's, to anyone. It's just a good, lazy thought. It's a great, lazy thought. Like, yeah, we don't need it. Yeah, okay, right. You don't need it. That That's, like, not reality. You do need it. Football is a different sport. You know, training yourself to be healthy, like we've talked about, we've had these discussions, and the medical science is starting to show, like, you got to be out there on the field, putting yourself in these awkward positions, conditioning yourself for what you're going to have to do. I mean, you know, again, like, uh, this goes for any any profession in life, Mike. I mean, right? I mean, when you were a lawyer, were you just like, well... I'm not really going to get into law here or anything. I'm going to take five or six months off. I'll read a little bit every now and then. I'll read a little bit. And I'll, I'll, I'll come back a fresher lawyer in September. Oh, yeah, will you? Good, good luck. Okay. That doesn't work in any profession. That's, it, it's a bullcrap you know, stance from the players. And if I was a player and a player rep, I'd be pissed off right now and yelling about this and, and trying to make waves about it. Think about this, Chris, and this is why I was stunned that the Buccaneers were one of the teams to issue the statement that they're going to boycott the voluntary offseason program. Last year, June or July timeframe, the NFLPA issued a statement, an advisory, a recommendation to the players that were working out on their own, stop it until training camp opens, quit working out together. And that was directed... At the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah at because Brady what was the Tommy? What was Tommy and his band of merry men doing at that high school in Tampa? They were getting together and they were working out. And here's the concern I have, right? Because I, first of all, I don't think this is going to fly. You told them last year, don't work out on your own, and they did. This year, you're telling them, don't go to the team facility and work out. And do you really think they're not going to? I think they eventually will. But until then, do you really think that Tom Brady? and his teammates are going to do nothing. Yeah, right. So now here's what you're doing. And think about this young Buccaneers receiver. When you get the phone call from Tom Brady putting the squeeze on you to go show up at the local high school field instead of going to the team facility. When you step on a rock the wrong way, when you're running full speed, and you blow out your ACL, is Tom paying your salary this year? Because the team sure as hell isn't going to this year. If you deliberately choose not to work out there, to go work out with Tom on the side, 
because they can do it every year. Tim, teams typically won't do it because they, they don't want to punish a guy for staying in shape. But for something like this, to prove a point, to score points in that back and forth that is incessant between union and league, if Tom Brady convinces you to go play over here, you better get him to give you something in writing that he's going to pay your salary because you got a place where you can go and have your salary protected. It's the team facility. So unless the Buccaneers, because I, I, and I'm not, I, I'm going to be relentless about this. If we see the same videos we saw last year of Tom Brady and his teammates at some extra separate facility working out together when they could be just at the team facility doing it, it's a stupid, clumsy way that puts guys' salaries for the year at risk if they get injured working out on their own, Chris. Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, there's a lot more risk in everything you do that way. I mean, th there really is. I mean, you, you kind of hit it already. But if you were worried about COVID and all those things too, I mean, being at the facility is still would be the best, uh, you know, avenue for all of that. Hey, I mean, hey, we have 100 water bottles, so nobody has to share it. You know, hey, we have had a service in here to clean things and do all that where – you know, you go to just a local field, it's it's a crap show. I mean, it's just, you know, guys hanging out in the field. Who knows, you know, what's clean, what's dirty, whatever else. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that don't make sense about this for the players in a big way. I really don't. And I don't think it's good for the players. And, 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 and just so anybody, you know, is doubting us out there or questioning – Mike and I are very pro player. I mean, we are pro player almost all the time. And we are arguing against this because we don't think this is good for the players ultimately. It's it's not going to help them out. And and I don't know how I I, I want to be careful. I, I but I've made my point clear to the union and I say, "Hey, don't get me wrong here. I I think that you guys deserve better terms, more money, more I'm always on your side." But on this one, I don't get it. I don't see it because I don't see it working. And at the end of the day, it's going to be more power for the league when this thing crumbles, because I think it will eventually crumble for the reasons that you and I have have discussed. They're going to have a hell of a time holding this together, because once those young players are on board, they're going to show up. They're going to get their reps. And then you're going to see the possibility that owners, executives, coaches, maybe even it may they may be more likely to dump that expensive veteran and go with a young player just to prove the point that we need a robust offseason program so we can have our guys as best prepared as they can be for the upcoming football season. So I just I just don't I don't think that this is going to work and it's better to not do something that you think isn't going to work than just blindly rush into something that has the chance of imploding. I think this thing has a real chance of imploding on the union, Chris. Yeah, I, I uh, agree, agree. And, yeah, just I don't think it's helpful to the players at the base base level. I got nothing more to say about it, so if you're good, I'm good. I got one more thing to yeah. say. I got one more thing yeah. to say. I, I do want to know where Tom Brady stands on this because it was last year when he was organizing these workouts at the height of the concerns about the pandemic right. months before vaccines were available. And he pulled the the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, where's that mindset now? When you know, when you know that the guys are going to work out, where, where, why, why, why are you afraid of going to the team facility when they've proven that? that they can keep those facilities cleaner and keep the guys safer than they're going to be anywhere else. I hated the argument last year from the college football coaches 
that we need to go forward with a football season because the players are safer here than they right. would be anywhere else. I hated that because it was driven by the desire of the coaches to make their money. But yeah. you know what? They got a point. Yeah. They, 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 the NFL players are going to be safer in their team facilities right. based upon how they ran them last season than they're going to be anywhere else. And, and if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. No, Mike, I'm ag- I agree with you totally. I mean, that was one of the things I was saying. Yeah, you go to the practice field, it's just a bunch of guys that are messy and dirty, and who knows what happens. The facility, you got somebody watching over things, and things are done professionally. Yeah, it's definitely the safer place altogether, let alone, like you talked about, it saves the player contractually if an issue does happen. Oh, I broke my ankle. Wait, it was here at the facility. I was working out for the football team. Okay, no problem at all. Oh, you did it at Hillsborough High School down the street? Wait, well, I don't know. We're not sure if we're happy about that. Why were you practicing on that field? You know it's not safe. It's uneven. It's got divot holes everywhere. I mean, yeah, there's a, you're, you're opening up a, 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 a litany of issues uh, if you're a player you know, playing this game. Every player's got to make their own individual decision about what's best for them. And the mere fact that that is the truth, it tells you there's going to be players who decide it's best for them to show up. It's going to keep this thing from working the way that the union wants it to work. All right, let's take a break. Some updates. We only talk about Deshaun Watson when there are updates. There are some updates. We'll share them with you next here on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Some developments in the Deshaun Watson cases. First of all, the 22 plaintiffs, and it may not be 22 at this point, but the plaintiffs all intend to proceed with their names. We saw this coming. This is information that Tony Busby made available to Aaron Reese of The Athletic yesterday. There were 14 or thereabouts last week who were ordered to use their names in lieu of the Jane Doe pseudonym. It's just a matter of the other hearings happening and the judges saying you have to do it. The rules of civil procedure require you to do it. There are only limited situations where you can proceed in a lawsuit without telling the defendant and the rest of the world who you are. So it was inevitable that they all were going to go forward in their names. That's 
that's a win, I guess, for Deshaun Watson's side because that's something that Rusty Harden, his lawyer, was agitating for. And one of the reasons he was agitating for it is it forces the plaintiffs to make a choice. Sure. Do we make our our names known? Do we potentially complicate our lives when people know our identity and start poking around our background? And that's something that Harden essentially encouraged the media to do. Poke around these plaintiffs the same way you're poking around Deshaun Watson. And Harden told NFL media last night that one of the cases has been dismissed. So we don't know why, and he didn't say why it was dismissed. It possibly was dismissed because the person said, well, if I got to give my name, I'm out. Or, or possibly there's been a settlement. We just don't know. If he doesn't tell us why it was dismissed, we don't know why it was dismissed. It was either, I think, and there, there's, no, there's no option three. The court chose to dismiss it. It didn't get to that point. It's either the person chose not to have their name made known and walked away, or in exchange for walking away, there was some sort of small, reasonable, fair payment to end the case. Now, we just don't know that. And typically with these settlements, they're confidential. We'll never know that. Yeah, no, I mean, we don't. I mean, it's it's interesting development. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, again, you're going to know this answer better than me, but I, I can't imagine that some of these plaintiffs and things like this at this point have gone this far in have to realize kind of what they're they've signed up for now that is at some point yeah if you want to continue to push this and everything like this that your name is going to become public and you're gonna have to deal with you know all those issues that come you know along with that and it's going to be a lot of crap that you got to deal with yeah because there's going to be people that give you those threats and whatever else are mad because you're doing this to Deshaun Watson but I, I don't know Mike I mean do you really envision you know more of this happening or do you think we'll kind of just stay status quo and continue on the road we're on well, I think the best situation for Deshaun Watson continues to be finding a way to fairly and properly resolve these claims. And when I say that, I'm not saying pay hush money, make it go away quietly. I'm saying have your reckoning, give these folks who have grievances against Deshaun Watson an opportunity to have what feels like a day in court and the mediation process. If you hire the right mediator, it does kind of feel like a quasi day in court and you get some form of justice and you move on with your life. You have certainty. It's over. You don't have this hanging over you for the next 18 to 24 months. That should be the objective for Deshaun Watson. The problem is with 21 of these individuals now pursuing justice against him. I mean, big deal. 22 versus 21. It's still too many to properly handle in an effective and efficient way. How do you get 21 cases resolved in a time that would allow you to get traded this year, to get your career back on track this year. You know, at some point, you may just have to pivot to a strategy of we're going to hunker down and we're going to submit to the litigation process. We're going to question all of these individuals under oath aggressively, find out what their claims are, get them to make admissions that we could use against them if and when we go to trial, if we don't settle the case later, have Deshaun ready to testify. If he doesn't invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, of course, if he does, you're forfeiting the civil cases. But at some point, you got to you got you got to make the decision. Are we going to keep trying to resolve these cases or are we going to proceed with all of the steps that lead up to an eventual trial? And uh, I think we're getting closer and closer to the point where that decision's got to be made once and for all. We're going to get ready for trial in up to 21 cases or we're going to settle up to 21 cases. And uh, I think within the next month or so, it's going to pivot one way or the other, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got – I mean, it, it, it has to. I mean, I would think. I mean, of course, Deshaun Watson's going to want the, the this issue to be, 
you know, move along pretty quickly so he can kind of figure out what his future is and where he's going to go. Can I play football this year? Will it be realistic for me to think that I can get into training camp and do something that way? I mean, so uh, I, I don't know where this goes, but I, I just feel, I guess in my heart of hearts, I feel like we are going to go to trial with this one. I, I just feel like we've gone down this road this far. I can't imagine that settlements get made, you know, now. I feel like if we were in settlement, you know, territory, that would have been done weeks ago. Or we would have more of an aggressive push towards that from Watson and his camp. We haven't. So I feel like this is going to be drawn out in the courts. Tony Busby is a key factor in this. If Tony Busby gets to the point where he decides he's had enough, it's time to move on, it's in the interest of his clients to move on, he'll be very persuasive with his clients about accepting the best offer that Deshaun Watson makes. He's got a ton of control over this, and the fact that he represents all of them makes him the key figure. So for now, the challenge is getting him to come to the table. He's got reason to be coy because there's reason for Deshaun Watson to move quickly. But whether or not these cases go to trial ultimately comes down to whether or not Tony Busby wants to take one or more of them to trial. He will have great sway over his clients when it comes to accepting or rejecting settlement demands. Because I've been there. I've done that. Your clients will say to you, what should I do? They will ask you at some point, what should I do? For them, it's the first time in most cases. It's the only time in most cases they're ever going to be making decisions like this. For the lawyers, they're dealing with these decisions all the time. And that's the kind of client, frankly, you want when you're practicing law. And I did it for 18 years. You want the client that's going to listen to you. So if Tony Busby has 21 clients who will listen to him, he's going to be the one who decides where this goes and how this goes. And yeah, Chris, it could go toward the full-blown litigation process to the point where uh, Deshaun Watson ends up possibly on the commissioner exempt list, possibly shows up for training camp. So he gets paid this year by the Texans. That'd be the ultimate irony. This offseason started with Deshaun Watson determined to never play for the Texans again. And maybe he won't play for the Texans again, but he may have to show up this year before he's put on the commissioner exempt list and he gets paid by the Texans to not play this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. And especially when we just talk about, you know, the NFLPA and their current stands with the COVID issue and all that. I mean, yeah, this this kind of plays into that, too. Deshaun Watson's got reason to show up and be there. Um, I, I, I guess here, here's a question I got for you. Does it right now? I mean, again, we've hit on this last last week and everything like this. But like, does a settlement favor Busby or would he rather go to court right now I mean for either way he's in the position of power he's act absolutely just you know thrown one haymaker and right hand jab and left hook after another in the public courtroom forum here as far as abusing him that way do you think he's wants do you think he's going wait I, I, I think I got him there's pressure on him they're gonna have to really give us a big settlement here per, per each person or do you think he's likes his chances in the in the courtroom and wants to go that avenue? Depends on several factors, and yeah. I'll be quick here. First of all, what's yeah. the amount of the settlement? Second of all, how does he truly feel about all 21 of his cases? Yeah, and third right. of all, tiger by the tail, high publicity case, how hard do you want to hold that tail? How hard do you want to take this to court and have a trial where you may lose? Because that's the thing, high stakes if, if you lose because it's going to be a, a very public and and very uh, you know well-known and well-followed trial. You better be damn sure you're going to win before you take one of these to trial. All right, let's take a break. We'll have more PFT Live for you right after this. 
Kansas City Chiefs have issued a statement following the DWI charges against former assistant coach Britt Reed, son of head coach Andy Reed. He faces, Britt Reed does, one to seven years on those felony charges. The Chiefs organization remains steadfast in our concern for all who have been impacted by this tragic accident. Our prayers are focused on Ariel's continued healing and recovery. The Chiefs are regularly in contact with the family's designated representative during this challenging time. Again, this was three nights before the Super Bowl. Britt Reed driving home presumably from work, going 84 miles an hour, according to prosecutors, with a 0.113% BAC, blood alcohol concentration, crash happened, Ariel Young permanently and seriously injured Chris, and uh, uh, questions about where the drinking happened, Yeah, who knew about it, who may have been involved, questions we're not getting the answer to directly from the Chiefs of the NFL, but these are questions that I believe are going to come out in the litigation that is inevitable to get compensation for this little girl whose life will never be the same and who may need constant care for as long as she lives. No, well, I mean, they deserve to be fairly compensated, that's for sure. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid, of course, you know, uh, the Reid family. But, you know, also added to that, it's not good for the NFL. You know, again, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What is this? Were they drinking at the facility? And then he took off. We don't know. Were they drinking yeah. somewhere else? And then, you know, someone dropped them at their car at the facility and then they went. But that to me is going to be the big question in this case going forward. All those questions will be answered within the confines of litigation. From a legal standpoint, there's no reason for the Chiefs of the NFL to say anything now. The silence, though, is deafening because I think from a public standpoint, People want to know. Yeah. What did the Chiefs know? When did they know it? Who was involved? So far, it's silence. It'll likely stay that way for a while. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.